Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today we are hanging out with our buddy, Travis Hill. How are we doing today, Travis? I am great, guys. Happy to be here. Hey, thanks for coming back on with us. We greatly appreciate it. Yep. Last time was a lot of fun, so really looking forward to this one. Good yeah. deal. We brought in, uh, as usual, one of my partners in crime, Mr. Jasnoff. Hey. How you doing, Matt? Fine. Good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So, hey, uh, we're hanging out today at uh, Travis's house, and we've literally got, I don't know, like eight bottles of Four Roses, a couple of other hazmat bottles, some Weller Full Proof, some Dickel, some Heaven Hill 15. We're only drinking $8,000 worth of whiskey tonight. It's okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a really weird dick-like episode <laughs> because we literally do have a, a whole bunch of money sitting on the table that we're just sipping and pouring. So uh, Was that a Dickel joke? <laughs> it could have been. Did it? Shh. You know, I don't know. Your dick is loose. Is that what that is? I don't even know. So anyway, um, we, we as we were talking before we actually started, which is not going to be in the actual portions, we're not going to edit the edited version of the edited. <laughs> so we were talking about, I don't even know what I said. The, the, your, your top five bourbons is what uh, we were talking about a little bit there. So We're jumping right into this, huh? A- absolutely. So top five bourbons from Mr. Travis Hill, because uh, you, you asked him, so he was about to answer it, and I wanted to record it. I have a loose list here. Um, I haven't thought about it too much, but... um, You have it written down. I do, because I've tasted all these pretty recently. Um, My... I'll give you four, and the one that we have in our glasses in that uh, group. So the William Heaven Hill uh, 15-year, 144.6 proof, copper wax green label. A lot of people are familiar with that one. Uh, I just don't think it really gets much better than that. Um, the Bitter Truth uh, is one of my all-time favorites. I had it recently against the Black Ink, Green Ink, and Iron Fist, and uh, I think it holds its own against all of those. Uh, Michter's 25 Bourbon. I've had it a handful of times. Always one of the best things I've ever had, so that's definitely up there. And then uh, the Longman and Eagle Willet Longman. Um, I think it's a 21 or 20-year-old. I can't remember. But uh, it's definitely pre-fire Heaven Hill, um, one of the just the best pours of bourbon I've ever had. So, I just that's I would put those up there, and then maybe want to throw in something like a 2015 small batch or something, just because I love it and oh, it's so sentimental to me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That 2015 I, small actually, batch. that's my favorite limited small batch. Yeah. yeah. That, and I mean, the 2019 is not far behind, honestly. So refresh my memory, because I know you're a way bigger Four Roses guy than me. When did they change the, the small batch bottle from the single barrel bottle to the actual small batch select bottle? That, so for uh, years, they did both. Oh, did they? Okay. And then I think 2014 was the last year. Or no, they they didn't do one in 2015, but they did one in 2016, yeah. which was the Brent Elliott's uh, bottle. Uh, and they did a small batch that year, but they haven't done a limited edition single barrel since then. So 2014, they skipped 2015 and then came back and did it in 2016. But they've done the limited edition small batch since 08. It was the Mariage 08 and 09. They had the single barrels. They did both each year and then um, skipped the single barrel in 2015. I hope this is all making sense, but yeah. um, they have not done one in a while. So hopefully they will. So did anybody see the Mariage ones that kind of went up on one of the hidden, like somewhat sites recently? I was curious about that because I've that's a, that's a, one of the pours I've actually never had. Is it is it as well, tasty as it as it indicated from from the the price point that it went for? Yes. Okay. What's the price point now? Very Someone was expensive. trying to sell them to me for like twelve hundred dollars. I want to say it went for like eleven hundred, I think, or nine hundred, or something like I don't, that. I that didn't day. think it, I didn't think it crossed into a thousand. Yeah, I don't think it crossed into a thousand. I, I thought it I thought it was nine nine twenty five is what it. Kind yeah. Of, so I was kind of shocked whenever I saw it, but you know, like I said, I I never tried it. You know, being uh, I was I was only lucky enough to spend certain amounts of time with you know Al and kind of try a lot of their early products you know and uh but uh, that was one that we, we never was blessed to to get a get a sample of or a taste of so the the 09 is one of my all-time favorites but you talked to jim rutledge about it and he absolutely hates it they they messed up and dumped way too much of the 19 year obsk into it and um i talked to about it talked to him about it one day and he 
still to this day thinks because i told him i was like oh i love it he's like oh it's terrible or it's not what exactly what he said but that was the gist of it so it's kind of funny they just dumped it's really oaky and dry which i love we've talked about that with some of the stuff on the table but I don't think it was necessarily executed as well as it could have been, and he still was kind of just like, that's not what I wanted it to be. But the people, the the real Four Roses fans really do like it. It's very unique and and very much OBSK, which is great. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, let's go back to this, the the pour we just got, you know, the 15-year Heaven Hill. I mean, the nose on this thing is damn real make this into a candle real quick i mean yeah you're not lying but make this into body wash i mean i'd I'd take a bath in this stuff this stuff is just delicious 72.3 percent alcohol yeah and it's tasty and it's covid free like (laughs) absolutely (laughs) there's nothing covid in this bottle but but like just the the flavor on this thing it's just it's such a massive flavor bomb and Thank you so much for for sharing this, but uh, man, I, this is one of the best pours I, I I think I've ever had. They aged it in larger barrels than the typical fifty three gallons. I don't know exactly what that means, uh, but they didn't do many barrels. I think less than thirty of them, and there were some single barrels and there were some small batches. Um, I don't know why they don't do more of this, but maybe they are. You know, you can only hope. I mean, as as these distilleries are being caught up to, is in, and I'm using that in parentheses or kind of in a mental capacity of thinking, you know, a lot of these smaller distillers are really, really making good products at four and five and six years old. I, I think the, the older distilleries are going to have to do something a little bit more prevalent to say, hey, this is what we have, and we've got still some of the best whiskey out there, and it's a little bit older, and give us an opportunity to try it again because I, I think that these releases are so limited that you just don't really even get a chance to try all the stuff that they have mm-hmm. sitting in those rick houses no especially someone like heaven hill that has you know what two or going on three million barrels or something at this point right i mean they're filling those sixty thousand barrel warehouses like nothing. like nothing they've got 10 of them right there off of bardstown road now so that's crazy Right. And those are all new within uh, – I mean, they started those when I moved here, you know, three and a half years ago. Right. So they're just – and then Buffalo Trace is building 30 of them. Right. They can't build them fast enough over there. I mean – They uh, can't. I feel like every time you go out to visit Buffalo Trace, it's like, oh, Rick House Double Z, Double Y, and Double mm-hmm. Q are going to be to your left. Like, what? <laughs> and what's cool about those is they're up on the hill. Yeah. So it's going to be way different than the warehouses that you're used to. Yeah, it'll be an interesting distillery. I wonder if they'll make that distinction when they start to separate some of it. Like, hey, you know, these Buffalo Traces came from here. These came from up here. Right. I I would think that they would eventually, especially on the single barrel product, right? I mean, they're going to have to tell. It's going to be like finding your seat at a baseball stadium, going to go pick a warehouse out. Absolutely. I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I I think that that's that's something that. Shit, I'm behind a column on this one. This sucks. (laughs) It works for Four Roses. Right. Yeah. No, in Four Roses, they seem to have done it right, you know. But you always have those, uh, the infamous barrels, you know, the the things that are, you know, the tier sixes and things like that. And we talked about that a little bit earlier and how you said tier six isn't necessarily your favorite. You like more of the, the, the low entry proof stuff and mm-hmm. and things to that nature. Well, that's a, di- that's a two different conversations, but I oh. guess we're going to go to the Four Roses first. And yes, skip the I think hazmat let's do that. while we're drinking the hazmat stuff. But we'll go back. We'll touch back on the hazmat. All right. Let's just turn it into one. But this anyways, is now a yeah. collaboration. <clears throat> no, it's absolutely. No. And we, this no. is free form, you know. So, I mean, but I do like it. I, I think that the point is that, um, as I mentioned, now people are really getting into Four Roses picks. And, you know, this is something I've been expecting for the last few years. And it's funny to me that it, to watch what people are going after, like it's it's very much statistics. It's tier six, high proof. You know that's kind of the the trend in bourbon in general. People want high proof. They want stag. You know they want willets. They want these high proof four roses. And there's certain recipes that I just can't drink at that high proof. Like OESO, you're sitting. There's a, a twelve, a little over eleven year OESO sitting right here at 107 proof. It's phenomenal. Like. I just it, I think certain recipes lend themselves. You have a delicate yeast there with the O. It's very fruity. 
lower rye, you know, you're still at 20% rye, which is higher than most distilleries. But right. I just think it lends itself to better at a lower proof. Not to say, again, it's single barrel, so maybe one of those at 130 proof is awesome, but the ones that I've come across for me and my palate, that's, I don't want anything to do with that, but there's some OBSOs from years ago that are tier six that are 130 proof that are absolutely just will blow your mind. They drink like stag. Right. So I think it really just depends um, on the recipe um, and the barrel. You know, that that's what's hard about Four Roses. You can try four oesfs at someone's house and think you like oesf and then go out and buy an oesf at the next store you find and hate it and they're like i don't even know what to do with this hmm. so and, and that was unique you let us you have a pretty good uh, pick of the obso that you let us try and i think scott you said this was your first time really having that recipe yeah the right? OBSO, yeah that was so what'd you kind of think about so that? for me it was tasty it just wasn't necessarily exactly what i like um Whenever I think of a Four Roses, I like OESO, I like OBSV, um, you know, so th- that's kind of the way, I like OBSK, so I mean, those are the ones that I kind of like, but this one, it, it drank a little bit like the OBSK, but it just uh, had some, some I guess, uh, it's almost like a musty flavor, I mean, in comparison to that one, and that's just my opinion, I mean, in, not right or wrong or anything else, but, nope. uh, and I think that the big thing is, is that the, the body um, was not as full as I would have it had expected it to be, especially right. with it being a little bit, you know, higher proof. I mean, just shy of 120. Yeah, just shy of 120. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had an OBSO pour in, in forever. It seems like I think I have one bottle left in my house, but it's just not something you come across anymore. I mean, people people mm-hmm. nowadays aren't really picking them. They don't really, as Scott called it to it earlier, it's that high rye, high corn mash build. They don't. A lot of people kind of stay away from that a little bit, it seems. It reminds them of some other stuff. So do you think those are things they're putting in blending barrels, like the small batch selects, things like that? They're just, you know, they're taking that OBSO recipe and blending it with other things? It is in a lot of the standard products, and I think that they produced it not as much as they would have liked to have years ago. Uh, That's definitely, I would think, just thinking off the top of my head, that OBSO is probably the least prominent recipe um, at the private barrel program. I've seen a lot of OESO, especially recently. OBSO is very, very limited, so that's definitely probably the the hardest to get at this point. Right, right. So I've, I've not had the pleasure of going to Four Roses for a single barrel pick or anything like that, so I, I don't really know. Fun. I don't know what their mash bills look like when they're bringing them to you in those private selections, you know, whether or not they're bringing, you know, mainly OBSK or whether they're bringing out, you know, what, what they're bringing to us or to you, I guess what I would say, in that right. situation. Because so. we always have to keep in mind, too, that they do, you know, the black label for Japan and Correct. the premium and then Super small premium. batch and then small batch select and yellow label, of course. So the O's are being used in most of those. Yeah. So it's very difficult, you know, to to put those into the program. Um, and that's one of the, the yeast strains that they distill the most, but it just goes into the most. So it's just not not available gotcha what about oesq that's one of the, the one so, of the uh, the more off profile OES, ones oesq is probably one of my favorite you know blends from forward one of the favorite uh, yeast strains from or their blends that they do I and mean, i i love those younger you know just right at that 110 115 kind of proof oesqs um, we actually have two of them here on the table um you know both in travis's little sweet spot on, on tier three um, you know, lower Perfect. entry proof. We got, well, one's 114, one's 118, 116. But, you know, I, I could drink these all day and not have a problem with them. Um, they're kind of the ones I, I go after a little bit more. Yeah, the one over here, the Choppa one, was actually a, it was a really good pour. Yeah, I enjoyed that great. one a lot. You got to try the, the, the Lincoln Road pick is actually pretty good. The Leap Day. Yeah, that's I saw the it. third one. Q is an interesting um, yeast strain because from what I've been told, it imparts the least amount of flavor to the whiskey, so it's really more about the barrel that it was aged in. Gotcha. And I think that the more you drink Q, the more that that becomes clear because uh, some of them are really, really, really good, but a lot of them just they are not great. It's still, to me, like one of the best barrels I've ever had was an OBSQ, but... I pretty much almost always don't really care for Q. 
So it just it's barrel to barrel. It really is. Yeah. Now, Travis, you have one bottle of Four Roses that really sparks my interest, and I assume you know which one I'm talking about. I'm sure I have a few. (laughs) (laughs) But I believe you went to go pick this barrel out, and how many were in the um, gourmet coffee pick? Oh, 24 bottles? Yeah. So that one... Yeah, four cases. you, You let me try a little sniff of that. And I mean that was so. What? Whoa, whoa! So literally, the the barrel only gave away four cases. Yeah, yeah that, that's say... an extremely short barrel. <laughs> was it fucking broke? <laughs> no. So I remember this that day we went and we picked something else. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was the OESQ. But Mandy told us she's like, yeah, I had a tier six or tier five OESV for you guys, but it's empty and. You know, we were drinking and hanging out, and so we're like, "Well, is that close by?" She's like, "Yeah, it's in the back room." She's like, "Well, roll it out. Like, let's just mess around with it." We had already made our pick and stuff, and she was nice enough. Mandy's the best. I, you know, I don't. She maybe doesn't want me telling this story, but she rolled it out and let us kind of mess around with it. Like, we, it was almost impossible. We got like an ounce or two out of the barrel. The thief it. Yeah, we couldn't even thief it. No, you can't. You had to roll it on its side oh, and, really? like, you know, kind of roll it back and forth and, like, splash it into the glass to even just get, you know, an ounce and a half to taste. So we, we got that, and it was just, like, it was awesome. You know, you're not going to turn down an OESV like that. This was in no. the hype of the OESVs, t- you know, Tier 5, Tier 6, TS, or whatever it is. And... um so yeah anyways it was a it was difficult to find the allocation for it and it turns out there was 24 bottles in it so i know of uh really i think the shortest barrel that i've ever heard of was 18 bottles um that was released to a store i'm sure there's been six or 12 or whatever that never made it to the public but there was a store in oregon that got a three case barrel which was 18 bottles i mean i think the carters when they talked about the vario 27 i think they said they got like 40 something bottles out of one of those so i mean so when Mm -hmm. you start talking about 24 i mean like that's an insanely low number i don't think it was i don't think it was an overly old barrel wasn't it i mean it's still nine nine, ten ten years years old yeah (laughs) it definitely leaked a lot but it does a lot of it was evaporation it's like super concentrated bourbon it is so good yeah. So I feel honored to be able to try that. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I mean, there's only so many sips of that Just a little barrel. sip of that. I don't man. think there's any left. <laughs> no, I've got one left. Well, he said one left. Yeah, but it's closed and That's right. locked behind Listen, the key. I, I don't blame you. If there's only 24 of them ever made, you know, and it was that tasty, uh, you know. Yep. He, you only gotta, eight people got bottles of that. You got to procure your uh, stash in, in some capacity and just say, hey, that belongs to me. But that was that was a treat. That, that, was a, that taste was a treat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's fun. That's a, the kind of the magic that can happen at barrel picks. So how many you know? barrel picks have you been on, you think, in your life? It's approaching 100. 100? For sure, yeah. I keep track of it. And there's a lot that I don't remember. So I'm sure it's – I think I'm at – I have recorded about 80. So I'm sure it's a little closer to 90. <laughs> You're missing them. <laughs> I'm missing a yeah, few. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> there's been many that I don't remember. Uh, guys, how did we get home? <laughs> Where did we go? Where were we at again? Yeah, we I was not what? driving, by the way. We bought what? <laughs> I definitely remember waking up on an airplane. Not sure how I got there, so that's definitely happened. So, <laughs> how'd you get through security? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably because I've done it enough times, I just was able to do it. I don't know. Driver's license. I just woke up on the plane. <laughs> it was at Lexington. It was great. That's classic. That was four roses to wild turkey. Oh my! What a fun oh night! Oh my gosh, that yep. would have been a blast. And by fun night, I mean like nine a.m. And those are two; those are like two of them that are on my bucket list to try. Turkey's, you know, to go turkey's to a fun trail. one to go to. But four, I, Ro- four roses is a bucket list to go do that pick. I mean, and I really want to do a, a, if I do go to Turkey, I want to I want to meet the Russell guys. You know, Jimmy and Eddie. You know, their characters. Yeah. One of them's always there. Eddie Eddie does the picks, or yeah. I guess Bruce does them now. <clears throat> Bruce is a great guy. Eddie's there every now and then. I'm not sure how exactly they're executing, especially now. Obviously, we everything's weird. Jimmy is not even allowed to go to the distillery anymore. Right, his, his life's on the line. So maybe um, he's got to drink straight out of the barrel. It'll be fine. Right. You know, kills anything. Jimmy's great. All he wants to do is talk to people and sign and just yeah. talk about wild turkey. I mean, 
That's a whole different breed right there, man. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the greatest ambassadors for bourbon, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he's been doing this since, God, I mean, like 50-something years, I think they said, or 60 years. I mean, just an incredibly long amount of time, you know, when you start Mm -hmm. thinking about ambassadors and, you know, what they do for their brand and and things to that nature. It's just, like, very much like Al. I mean, you know, I mean, just people that have just been in that bourbon industry for forever and a day. Um, So it wasn't long ago, a couple years ago, that – between Jimmy and Eddie, they had 110 years of experience. Right. So that's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. So that means, you know, that means what Jimmy. Or was it 101? I think it was 101. 101. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the 101 thing. Sorry. Yeah. Not 110. Yeah. 101. That makes sense. (laughs) After you drink everything on the table, it becomes 110. 110. (laughs) It doesn't matter at a certain point. So, so one thing I'd like to talk about today is a little bit, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about hazmat and things like that, but I also want to talk about kind of, the newer bourbons that are out and what i mean by newer is you know like maybe your new riffs your peerlesses your angels envies different things like that you know that's kind of up and coming we tried a little bit of this uh the one from copper and kings you know so even though they don't do bourbon you know they're doing brandy and things like that yeah that's that's actually it's a barrel proof apple brandy finish in a port wine barrel Right. If you're coming to Louisville to go visit distilleries, you have to go to Copper have and King. To Absolutely, check them out. Brandon does an amazing job there, and you yeah. know he, they and it's super it's, unique products as well. It's so unique what they do with their brandy, their rums, their gins, their their absinthe. Even I mean, just any kind of combination that you can think of, he's experimented with it. Mm-hmm. And if you get lucky enough to get there when they're tapping a barrel. Um, and that's what I did today is, you know, I just, I, this is just fresh. Um, I love it. 132 proof apple brandy finished in port wine is so good together. Yeah. It's not something that's so different than bourbon. Like it's a pretty easy transition. You can just throw it in the mix and you're like, yeah, I like that. It's oaky. It's you know similar characteristics for sure. That's a lot like the way I describe rum too. I mean, like a really good rum is that way. And but that's another topic. But, yeah, they, those guys are great. They've always got, you know. It's another hour-long episode of a problem. Well, not only that, but, I mean, <laughs> rum is also, there's a lot of really bad rum, right? I mean, right. you know. Sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of bad bourbon, you know. I mean, but I, I'll say that, you know, there's way fewer bad bourbons than I've tried than bad rum. We'll just right. put it that way. Right. So of the, of the new and upcoming, you know, bourbons that are out there, is there one that really, really sticks out to you as far as, like, hey, this and, you know, I'm – so for me, I'm I'm becoming more and more of a Starlight fan. Like the more I go up there, the more stuff that I try of theirs, I just I've really enjoyed it. And them and French Lick, you know, I think French Lick's got a really good product that they've got coming out. Um, and they they're getting ready to finally get to bottled and bomb, which is also an exciting thing. So, um, but what about you guys? I mean, I, I had a great experience when we were up there in Starlight. You know, I really appreciate what they're doing. Again, they're they're taking that creative approach that they really appreciate and respect the barrel that the whiskey's going into, and put more effort and time into selecting those. Um, they think that that will have more of a unique effect on the whiskey that they make. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, and you have a, you know you have a lot of up and coming distilleries that um, they still contract is still right now, so it's not. They're not up and running just yet, but you can tell that um, people are starting to be a little bit more creative now. The, they have to do something that separates them. And so, um, like, for example, we have, you know, we have our Starlight pick here. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. You know, it's, a, it's again, a unique barrel. It's, um, it's a low char. Um, up front, you get, that, you get that great flavor up front, a great nose, and then the, fl- the finish just goes away so smooth i mean it doesn't taste like 112 proof but i love it i mean you don't you don't really get anything that you can just be like all right well right let me just yeah i really enjoyed it a lot more because it was almost like 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 cherry cobbler in some capacity yeah right up like right up front yep uh it doesn't like numb you right away which i really appreciate that plus it's really i don't know i think it's uncommon to find that a level one char when you do a pick like that usually you get your standard threes and fours or a toast, but right. um, to come across that was was just unique in my opinion. Well, I think I'm excited to try more stuff from them. Yeah, to see what the hype's all about. <laughs> Take it right out there with me tomorrow at twelve. Yeah. So, <laughs> what about New Riff or Peerless or any of those guys? I mean, or? New Riff is nothing wrong with New Riff. Um, you know, they've been around for a little bit. They've they put out some great product. There's some great product that's coming out there. 
Um, their four-year single barrel is is solid. It's consistent. We keep on drinking this 144 proof heaven <laughs> hell, and it just nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. <laughs> it's so tasty. Um, you know, New Roof, their single barrel rise and that Balboa rye they did, those really stand out to me. God, this is so freaking good. <laughs> that Balboa rye is really good, though. Speaking of rye, the one we haven't mentioned is Wilderness Trail. I think their rye is arguably the best rye on the market. I do like I like some Wilderness Trail. Um, they're what they're six years in that high rye or it's a weeded bourbon. So Which one? The black label is the high rye, isn't it? That's their standard high yeah, rye. Yeah, yep. That's the one. So is Pikeville is is that their rye or are they sourcing? Is that MGP? No, Pikeville's, Pikeville's Heaven Hill. Yeah, Pikeville's Heaven Hill. All right. Now Wilderness Trail rye. Um, granted, it is uh, definitely a pricey product, but. Um, on the shelf standard, it is single barrel barrel proof. So you're looking at 115 to almost 120 proof, kind of in that range. And um, I just think it's uh, it is extremely high quality. Um, I think everybody needs to try it. You know, if you can be in for 65 or 70 bucks, uh, single barrel barrel proof, it's really good. Uh, I kind of like to recommend that and the Old Forester 100 proof rye. To me, are kind of the two I love that. best ryes. Uh, that are on the shelf um there's definitely maybe better barrel picks or this or that but as far as like what's on the shelf those two to me are tough to beat a 1920 as well i know it's not an actual rye it's a high rye bourbon but man at 1920 is really good right oh yeah no definitely different conversation but for sure like an absolutely great product yeah i i don't they must have just made so much of that because i don't see how like that's not gobbled up and on secondary markets and stuff. It's so good, but they just must have made so much. I think that's probably the case. And yeah, and uh, I'm I'm gonna have a conversation later this week, so we might we might find out. So, I mean, I mean, I on a totally off note, like I'm still a big 1910 fan. Oh, I love you know? 1910. The old phone 1910 is probably one of my favorite, minus the birthday bourbon, soon to be the barrel proof. But you know, whatever. The the old phone nineteen ten is by far my favorite, you know, standard run of the mill. You can find it on the shelf every day. Mm-hmm. I will happily buy that and drink that. It's one of the more unique things that's on the shelf. It's kind of in that category with the Angels Envy Rye to me. Like, there's just nothing like it really on the shelf. No, it's fi- like maybe the double double Woodford double double. Yeah, well, I, you can still put the nineteen ten and the double double next to each other, and there's no comparison. I right. Mean, also, you get a fifth for <laughs> the same price, right? Uh, I mean, the the uh, Angels Envy Rye, no problems with that. It, again, that's a tough pill to swallow for a hundred bucks for a right. bottle of rye that if you've it's never had before. A hundred dollar bottle of syrup. I, I, so not not to be too crazy, but like the the estate family estate bottle of rye that we tried. It. No, at uh, Starlight. Oh yeah, I mean Starlight Rye is good too. <laughs> like I was shocked, you know, with with it being a a five year old product. I mean that rye is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, and, and I think that that that's just was shocking. Jay Tedder even we we had a big conversation around this um, on Facebook just a couple few weeks back, and he was just like, "Dude, that rye is just something special." And I'll tell you another one is Nashville Barrel Company, the 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 MGP rye that they're sourcing out there. I mean. Like I've had a couple of those Nashville barrels, and they're just phenomenal. And that's that famous, you know, Larry Abersold ninety-five-five rye. But mm-hmm. some of them are just phenomenal. There's a lot of that out there right now, and it's all great. Um, old Carter five and six batch five and six rye is that same seven to nine-year MGP price points, obviously higher. Fourgate has their batch seven the rye, rye that they um, finish in the Kelvin Cooperage barrels. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's if you're uh, an Indiana rye fan or just a rye fan in general, I mean, life is great right now. <laughs> life it is just, really good. There, there's options all the way from, you know, even the Henry Clay, which I don't even know if I've tried that, but it's cheap and it's MGP, it's probably $12 a bottle up to $200 a bottle for the old Carter. Their batch five rye is amazing. You know, you've got options all in between Wilderness Trail and Old Forester and all that. I mean, if, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, rye whiskey, it's it's a great time. Gotcha. Yeah, you're drinking happy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of want to turn the page a little bit and get back to 
one of the things that I was excited about today is to have you try these hazmat tickle bottles. And I cannot say that with a straight face. Wow. <laughs> it's just hard. Because you love Dickel? I do not. <laughs> Apparently you do. As much as Scott loves cake. It's okay. Oh. We've already been over this. Wow. Back to the fat jokes, man. <laughs> Come on. I'm down 20 pounds, man. You fun. look good. No, you look good for anyone who can see you right now. Yeah. I still have a face for Eddie. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> fuck. Born with this thing. I think we all do. <laughs> Your head's getting sunburned a little bit by the lamp up there. Oh, it could be. Absolutely. I got to shave my head tonight. My wife <laughs> giving me shit last night about it. She's like, when are you going to shave your head? I'm like, I don't know. Right now I'm a little tired. It was a great conversation. Thanks for repeating that. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to hear that. It was the exact conversation. I mean, literally. I mean, you didn't miss anything. I mean, I think my impersonation of my wife probably People sucked, are just but. flocking to this to listen to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this was funny because I was thinking about it. I just don't know how many hazmat barrel picks there are. Like, No, they're, they're not too common. There are any. I mean, I guess maybe there's... Is there one of the epic Will It Rise... Is hazmat the highest will it well no i mean there was a i mean you have your old you have your like gts and that? bitter truth are right under 140 so i mean basically but you know anyways besides that like i mean what you know where you get in 141 proof 12 year old i'm gonna call it bourbon they say it on the label do we want to get into that conversation no no we don't have enough time because it's it's fucking bourbon. We don't have enough time. <laughs> can I say that? You can say that. You can say right, whatever you want to say. So are you are you giving the... It's He's for bourbon. It's bourbon. It's bourbon. Right. No, I, but is he talking about the argument, the fact that it's Tennessee whiskey? Yes. Okay, got you. My bad. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to really get into that, but it says bourbon one, two, three times on the front label Also on here. the back. Plus on the back, I'm sure yeah. it says it like four yeah. times, so... It's funny how everybody that sources it calls it bourbon, but the people that make it don't want to call it bourbon. But, you know, that's for another sipping discussion. my tea. That's none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank you, Kermit. <laughs> this stuff is uh, is awesome. So I remember when these came out, and I mean, I sell butchers uh, at the shop, and I think it's 90 proof, somewhere in that range, and it's great. We sell just so we can know what, what shop is that it. again? Justin's House of Bourbon, Louisville, Kentucky. Where can we find that? downtown right off of uh whiskey row uh 101 west market street fantastic oh, that's right across from so, the white castle isn't it it is right across. actually yeah. the more pertinent information <laughs> find the white castle find the whiskey castle drink who's sorry about that <laughs> drink all night at justin's and go get you a couple of sliders and step over some bums <laughs> <laughs> i've done that before by the way so yeah, that's not reason i'm saying that uh, I think I've done that a couple of times downtown. Just so. ignore that last comment. <laughs> but also be ready for that. I concur. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But we told you so. Yeah. Oh, Louisville. <laughs> so, yeah, these these are interesting because, I mean, you, you are right. You don't come across a barrel-proof, single-barrel pick too often. And when you do, I mean, I was lucky enough to get a couple of them. Scott, you got two bottles of it as well. I did. Ah, uh, that's a fantastic sound. Well, I just don't know if they've even done other barrel picks, much less, you know, doing these at 141 proof. Well, no, there's there's actually two others of these that are at barrel or hazmat as well. From Beastmasters. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean. Like outside of Beastmasters, I don't think that they've done any other ones. Probably not. It's a it's a damn shame. Yeah, it's great. I so mean, we we should just call them and say, hey, can we get some hazmat shit? <laughs> I got his email. If you want to shoot him an email real quick. <laughs> and also the stickers are to die for. So, I mean, obviously you should buy it for that. Well, and the, the other two make a, make the full picture as well. Like the, you're, oh. you're missing two other pictures. So, Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's it, crazy. You can look online there. They're there. But I mean, these, you know, you would expect, you know, 141 proof them to just, you know, light you on fire. But I mean, this first one has so much flavor to it. It's, it's complex. It's not difficult to drink. And, I'm, you can clearly tell we're a fan of it. Yeah. Um, Are we going to kill that tonight? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, because we'll all be laying on your <laughs> Yeah, we're all, all going to kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It was good, though. Or my it's wife's going to come over here and kill us for doing it. <laughs> it's not as tense as, <laughs> intense as I think uh, people would expect. No. I mean, you would expect to, to just burn. You would expect that alcohol to overpower everything, and you don't. You still get... I mean, that buttery, that corn flavor, that, that still comes out, and it's 
I I really enjoy it. Yep, I I, I completely agree with you. Um, the, the the one like you you like me and me and Travis had the same opinion. Burnt popcorn, like heavy butter. It is no hundred percent. And then <laughs> the other one to me was just like just tasty like just so good it's just overall tasty crazy caramel crazy brown sugar i mean just it it just goes nuts i would drink it you can drink it drink it someone's got to drink it so i tried this single barrel i wasn't sure scott you can have some of my new new riff (laughs) well listen i wasn't gonna ask i just took it that is not my cup of tea really of the single barrels that i've tried from from them that is not my absolute favorite i'll just it's too it's got and and i can't believe i'm I'm saying this i shared that i'm so and and i can't believe i'm saying against your will no (laughs) it's got it's it's got too much fruit like it's got a high fruit taste to me it's definitely yeah almost the the big thing is bubble gum is what people say about it yeah like almost like a Big Red meets Big Lead Chew. And I love Big Red, and I love right. Big Lead Chew, but for some strange reason, it's just, yeah, it's just super fruity. Like, I, I don't I don't get that one. This like, is the one that, uh, there was an article about this one. They said it was uh, the best four-year-old bourbon they've ever had. Huh. So, I don't know. Any You can say that about anything, but. But look, I, I, I said really I, all good. I got was fruit. It says black cherries, dark fruit, yeah. grape, bubblegum, peach. I mean, like. Congratulations. So, like, that's crazy. You've earned yourself another slice of pizza. I'm not eating any more pizza. So. <laughs> I'll eat a slice. <laughs> go Travis, you can go have for it. it. Go for it, brother. Go for it. it. Took an hour and a half to get here. <laughs> so, no shout out to that pizza place. No shout out to pizza place that was 30 minutes late on yeah. an hour delivery. No Five minutes out. down the road. Five minutes down the road. Domino's would have been here in 20 minutes. Yeah, we should. We would have regretted that decision though. <laughs> no, I would have. I love Domino's. I don't know why. Of, of college anymore. Of so of the fast food pizza joints, Domino's is probably the best. I mean, let's be honest. It is, and their uh, stock price will reflect that. I'm not mad about that. I really like that new effect. Yeah, it's good. I'm really glad that I own it. But you, you, you can take it home. Man. I will Don't take worry. it home. Listen, I only take your other bottles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think these hazmat bottles are coming home with me. Either. They might not be. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's right. Sharing is caring. That's Sharing is caring, Travis. Maybe, maybe you can take the um, the Taiwanosaurus. Taiwanosaurus Rex. Taiwanosaurus Rex. Taiwanosaurus Rex. Taiwan. <laughs> I did the same thing at the same time. <laughs> it's so tasty. It was tasty. Yeah, it was really good. Some some in uh, what was that? What what kind of malt whiskey was that? He's just malt Taiwan? whiskey. Yeah, from Taiwan. What's hmm. so crazy? Good. Super caramely. Really mad at you for introducing like, me to that. It was like scotch without peat, and and that's mm-hmm. that's what I could equate it to. Like you you didn't so, have that so scotch. So, so scotch, yeah. No. So regular scotch? No, because no. most, re- even regular scotch is... is well, no, you have two different kinds of scotch. I get it, yeah. Southwestern corner is the PD scotch, and then the rest of Scotland they is regular names. scotch, or whatever. Shut up. I don't care. Wow. Scotch is scotch. I don't really care for it, you know. Okay. <clears throat> Hater. Yeah, right? Seriously. Right. Who brought this guy? <laughs> well, listen. This I, is not a scotch podcast, so he gets a not. break. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I will tell you, like the the Armagnac, though, little little different stuff there. Yep. Well, it's different. It's fruit based. Yeah. So you like Armagnac, but you don't like this new riff pick. I didn't say I liked Armagnac. I just said it's a different thing. Your it, facial it expression, of... not that anyone can see it right now, <laughs> said that you like Armagnac. I was like, no, Armagnac. You know, it's just a little different. But you know, <laughs> it, re- it reminds me of like. The door was open. There. I know, right? It reminds me of <laughs> a little gray area. It, re- it reminds me of bourbon. I mean, uh, of brandy on steroids. It is. Is that what it basically it's is? It's fruity, though. You, yeah. but you didn't like this, which was a fruity single barrel bourbon. But you like. I, and I usually like the fruity. Like most of the the four roses is that I like are the ones that are heavy, like more of a fruity thing. But for some strange reason, I just didn't like this one. Like you didn't like this OBSO either, which yeah. was heavy fruit. Right. I thought you did like the OBSO. I did not care for that OBSO. I don't like. I, I don't oh. like the OBSO was good. The, the OBSQ was, was good. good. You know. The there Lincoln, was, the was, uh, was, leap year wasn't was there really an OBSK good. on the table too? I tried or something. I don't even no. remember what it was. So. 
I don't know, there was some other one over there that I tried. What was that? This is OESF. This O-E-S-F. one's delicious. Okay, yeah, and that was good. So, I mean, like I said, you know I mean? And so you like the OE flavor profile from Four Roses. I guess, yeah, versus the OB. Yeah. But I like OBSV, like... Do you like OESV as well? Yeah, I like OESV as well, yes. Not that people think we're speaking a foreign language right now. Well, it, this is bourbon barrel talk, so if they don't know what we're talking <laughs> about, they really probably shouldn't flip the channel, right? <laughs> and maybe not necessarily, but literally, I mean, they, they should know that subscribe Four Roses first has... Before you flip yes, the flip the subscribe, <laughs> download every episode, <laughs> then flip the channel, yes. Um, actually, you have to listen, I think, for like a minute and a oh, half. Oh, do you really? I think so, in order for it to even Just count. hang in there, folks. Just hang in there. <laughs> It'll be done soon. <laughs> Basically, Just Google Four Roses recipes and you'll yes. be good. Well, I mean, any of the single barrel, you know, barrel proofs will have the recipes on the card typically on the back. Yeah, right here they are. Yeah, so there you go. I'll give you all the detail you want. Yeah, So, but, you know, the moral of the story is, I mean, with 10 recipes, you're going to have very 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 opinionated to 10 people who will oh. tell you that this is their favorite and why which is why i really think this brand is super unique because you have all these different single barrel expressions that really appeal to a wide variety a wide market of people and it's such a unique marketing strategy but it's also you know they're they're consistent with the product that they put out like it's all solid to the point, their tasting notes are accurate, their flavor profiles are accurate, and they do appeal to other people. And I right. think that's the best thing about them. So what do you think causes that? Do you think it's the yeast strands that they're using that are so unique that's, that, that they're able to pinpoint everything so accurately? I mean, they you know, they put some quality into it. They can definitely, I mean, it has to be. Right. So it's, Brent's pretty much the the main guy there. Who else is, is distilling under Brent? Anybody or... Well, I mean, it's definitely a team effort. The um, master distiller role is kind of ceremonial. But Brent has been the quality control department at Four Roses for over a decade. So everybody wants to say, oh, Brent's new and, you know, he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing and all this. He's been there for, you know, I'm, I'm thinking 13 years or something like that. He was working with Jim on all the small batch releases, the limited editions, and, you know, he's not new to the scene. Um, So he literally was the quality control department for years and years, and up until recently was still, like, kind of the only one in the quality control department. He lives in the lab. He loves the lab. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this point. What did you ask me? <laughs> I said, he's pretty much the head guy. I said, who all else is there that's distilling underneath Yeah, him? no, there's a whole team. That, that was the thing. Being a master distiller doesn't mean you're the only guy out there working the stills. It's a whole team process. It's being a master distiller is more like a being face. a rock star kind of thing. The like, lead singer of a band. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a whole team. It's never just one guy. Most of the master distillers hate that title like they're just one of numerous amounts of people that are putting in the hours the long hours running 24 hours a day you know in a lot of places so uh, there's just always got to be somebody now that people are paying attention to bourbon that's the the face of of the brand and brent is clearly the face of the brand and he has uh, done a great job over the years of embracing that role something he was not naturally suited for I don't think and I think he would tell you that and he has done a great job of adjusting to that and becoming just he's I mean he's just one of the nicest guys you've ever met uh, intelligent beyond any of us and um, just being the people person I think was difficult for him and he has has done such a great job with that I mean he is just a, a great ambassador coming from you know, Al Young and uh, Jim Rutledge to now um, Brent, um, I think they're just in great hands. Right. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Um, I'm kind of anxious to see, you know, where things go and how they continue to progress because you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier about how, you know, Four Roses has become way more chic than it was, you know, five or ten years ago. So I'm kind of anxious to see that. Um, also kind of to piggyback that has everybody tried the, the ones they just released all the master distiller picks that, um, Brent released that it was during COVID like what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He still puts them out every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just the standard gift shop, uh, picks. Yeah. Um, 
think they did mm-hmm. about seven or eight there that one day. Yeah, six or seven, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They're they're great recipes. Um, I had a couple that were really good. The OESV and the OBSK, which, shocker, were really good. Right. Um, but it's funny to me, like, not to say anything negative, but the gift shop picks are always kind of off-the-wall barrels. They're not, they don't necessarily meet the typical flavor profile of what you would be tasting at a barrel pick. They're kind of unique. So I'm not... They're they're hit or miss for me. Like I'm not just all out on the gift shop picks. Gotcha. Uh, I definitely I, I certain recipes if I know they're there and I can go get them I will buy them. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of over the years have been a little less willing to take a risk on those at seventy two dollars plus tax, which now is like most stores are eighty eighty five dollars. So like it's now all of a sudden a value play. Right which is crazy to me, but, um, a lot of times, you know, if you're talking a 15 year OESK or 16 year OBSK, like I'll blindly buy that and it's always good. But I just think a lot of times they, they want to take something that's unique and different than you can get in the barrel program. Um, not necessarily better or worse, just different than necessarily meets the flavor profile. So you get some unique barrels uh, in the gift shop for sure, which is cool. So Matt, why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about this old Carter batch one? Well, sure, Scott. What would you like to know? <laughs> I mean, what do you just t- tell us a little bit about it? Like we tried it. I liked it. I liked it when it first came out. You just ran across this bottle again for the first time in forever. So the so, old Carter batch one. You brought it over here for the reason because it's yeah, Matt, also the expert. same type of product, right? Yeah. Because Let I brought know. it over. I'm clearly an expert. <laughs> Um, you, you know, this was the first blended batch that the Carters put out, um, here in Louisville and it was a great hit. I mean, it's a great blended whiskey bourbon. Um, Is it great? I had to do that. I had to do that. I'm sorry. But the Carters really got me started. Um, when we actually went to go talk to them in their batch four and batch five, they were phenomenal. Um, and to really get a taste of where they started from on their batches one through three, you know, really intrigued me. And so to blend this together at a solid, you know, 108 proof, low entry point, easy to drink, uh, that corn, that, that high corn that you expect to taste on there is really hidden with, uh, some of the other stuff that's blended in there. I believe there's some older, some older bottles in there. Is that correct? I think they always throw in some older barrels in those. And I mean, just they have such a palette for blending these together that, I mean, you're going to be crazy if you pass up on it when you see it on the shelves. You know, you may scuff at it if it's 150 to 180 bucks, but I mean, I think it's worth every penny of it. So no, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I just I, I wanted to get some feedback because I know that the re- the main reason you brought it is because it's the exact same mash well not mash bill but the exact same company that we tried out that was the butcher's bottles as well so correct so I, I wanted to give you bourbon about it. company in yes Tennessee notice how it's all bourbon yeah it's all bourbon I mean this bottle even says straight bourbon whiskey there's no right. doubt about it right there should be no question about it right but the um, Lincoln County process yeah. stop it. Um, we don't have another five ten- hours to talk uh, about it. It's Tennessee whiskey. It doesn't need five. It takes Travis. five seconds. <laughs> it's bourbon. End of discussion. If it's 51% corn. Let's yeah. move on. It's finished it is in a new charred oak barrel. It's but bourbon. I, I, I just mean, have to say, like, uh, sticking with the old Carter, yeah. like, if you ever meet them or have the opportunity to, you know, on Instagram or whatever, um, they are in Louisville. They have been splitting their time between Louisville and California for a while, and they have not left Kentucky since COVID uh, started. So they basically live in Louisville. They are in on this. They are not just trying to take advantage of it. They are um, building a space downtown. It's not going to be open to the public, very clear about that, but they are going to have a space downtown to you know be the home base for their operations. This is not someone who's just trying to take advantage of the boom. Yeah, sure, they're trying to make money, but um, everybody is. Who isn't trying to so make money? So th- their prices are definitely on the higher end. It's a more boutique kind of whiskey, but um, the market is catching up to them quickly. Um, the high quality of whiskey that they're putting in their bottles, the the barrel proof, the extra age, you know, you're talking 
um, you know, 13, 14, 15 year bourbon, you're talking the American whiskey is at least 12 years old. The, the, the ryes are all seven to nine year old, um, rise. Um, I just think that the market is catching up to their price point and to have something like that, that's super high quality, small batch releases, barrel proof, high quality, uh, I think it's a pretty easy choice. Like my, my whole thing nowadays is, you know, with the prices of, of whiskey and bourbon, um, if I'm willing to take that risk, I want a good product. And you're going to get that every time with the Carters. Yeah. Now, granted, I am friends with them, so take it with a grain of salt, like disclaimer, but I, I will drink that and without a doubt, like it's always a good quality product. Well, not to mention that. I mean, they're super people i mean they're just people people like mm. the conversation we had with them was so real it was so intriguing the story was great you know how he got started how things move forward you know the, the fact that sherry you know drew drew the label and made a wood cut you know i mean just like all the things that made that product so unique i mean it just mm-hmm. it's just it's a tremendous product overall i mean and I, and I think they've done a beautiful job and i can't wait for them to start actually distilling their own product because I, I know that they're going to put the same care into that, mm-hmm. you know, whenever, whenever they're ready to move that forward. Right. So in due yeah. time, in due time. Guys. So we'll, we'll, we'll finish up on uh, one of these last bottles here that we tried today, which was the Weller foolproof. And I think it was a <laughs> say, it, say what again. So I guess this say was what, one more time. I dare you. I double dare you. I doubled. Yeah. They speak English and what? <laughs> English, mother. Motherfucker, you speak it? <laughs> Some what? good old Samuel What ain't no Jackson. country I ever heard of? <laughs> so uh, I guess I should drink that then. Yeah. I think well, we should I'll, all have a little nip of it. I had an, I, I've, I've had a couple. As a matter of fact, I had a pretty big nip the first time. You always have a heavy pour. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. It's, I got I got shakes. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what it is. <laughs> more rules, <laughs> More, please. Please, more. Sir, can I have some more? Damn, now we're quoting Oliver, the musical. What is wrong with us? Um, But this was a very super unique uh, Weller Foolproof that we tried. Um, Matt brought out a lot of super good qualities, or or, or I guess not even necessarily good or bad qualities, just he really just, just explained qualities. it. Yes, that were, you know, it, it, it drinks almost like a wine, like a heavy a Chardonnay. Dry. A dry, heavy Chardonnay is like the the instant mouthfeel that you get with that. And Travis is going to be like, no, yeah. it tastes like fresh baked sprinkle cookies yeah, in a seasoning. So, 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 so you say that, but Travis reminds, <laughs> no, it's true. Tra- tra- Travis reminds me a little bit of the guy that I just met this past week um, with uh, the Northern Kentucky uh, Cincy Juice Club. There's a guy named Jake that um, super sophisticated palate. Like he was going through some stuff and trying things and. Like the way he describes stuff is very reminds me very reminiscent of the some of the stuff that Travis says when he drinks something. So, oh, so but, now the pressure's on, right? Well, it's not even that. But it tastes like, like uh, when you eat funfetti, just the red <laughs> and orange ones. I'm good for some of those tasting notes occasionally. <laughs> so, I just get a lot of baking spices on this, which is what I really like about it because yeah. it's not a typical weeded. No, it doesn't drink um, like that at no. all. No, it's not your typical Weller foolproof at all. Well, nothing really is a typical Weller foolproof. I mean, they're all they all have different profiles to them, which which what makes it so unique. But this, when you think of weeded bourbon, yeah, these are not these are not the flavors you expect no. to get. Right, but I mean, this isn't far off from a OWA pick one hundred seven proof versus one fourteen proof. It's not a whole different correct, but. Uh, it just tastes. It, I always say it kind of reminds me of like a a watered down OESK pick. I just get a lot of the baking spices, which I I love. I think it's why I like it because I really don't care for weeded bourbon, but this to me has got that kind of cinnamon nutmeg kind of experience to it. Especially on the finish, as I'm talking, I can still taste it. I just took one sip, two sips, and um, yeah, I was right there with you on the cinnamon. Um, I, I don't know that I got the nutmeg piece, but I feel like some people get that and some people don't. I don't think I'm one of those guys. It's more a sweeter kind of cinnamon. But I just kind of lump those in like an yeast. Let's just look at the baking spices just to. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a lot of it's on the finish. It's just, I, if I 
you blinded that, I don't think I would be like, oh yeah, that's weeded bourbon. Like, right. No, hundred percent right. agree with you on that yeah. one. Right. And, I mean, that's what, that's what makes these off profile, these off flavor profile picks that much more sought after. Cause you finally have some variety in there, something different mm-hmm. to drink, which is, which is what we look for. Right. And that's something that I've been embracing, um, at the shop recently with like, I've been selling, um, Jack Daniels, uh, single barrel, barrel proof. So like bourbon, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. But, um, I love, uh, I love that stuff. I would, it's great. I mean, everybody, if you love stag or, you know, whatever high proof, anything, I mean, that's an easy buy. Um, but I, I take, I like to tell people like when you buy a bottle like that, you know, it's going to kind of oxidize over time and change a little bit and you're at 130 proof. So you can water it down. Like you're buying multiple bottles in one bottle. It's not the same pour every time you have it it's different every time and you can adjust it. You're not stuck at 80 proof. So like, that's the cool thing about single barrel, barrel proof. It's going to be many different experiences to me in one bottle. I'm not just buying the same taste every single time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much does a bottle open up after you get it past the neck? I mean, once you get it to the shoulder and and you get a little bit more air in it, I mean, I I feel like tons of bottles that I've went back and revisited were just even better than I remembered. And I've even had a few that turned the other way, which is usually not the case, but it does happen. So I was reading today. It's funny that you that this this came up because everybody like people will argue that oh no nothing happens you know scientific or whatever. But like I think that a lot of us that drink these bottles regularly will say that it's a little different, right? So I was reading about the Cordy brothers uh, Van Winkle picks today, and Daryl Cordy he bought these barrels in the seventies. He was talking about, uh, whiskey bourbon aging or or like changing a little bit in the bottle, even as the decades roll by. And I think that that's pretty clear when you open up something from the early 1900s or the 1970s. So like, you're going to tell me that when you open the bottle that it's not going to change, like you can throw all your weird science at me. Like I trust me, I'm not anti-science or anything like that. And that's not what I'm saying, but there's something, there's a chemical reaction that's happening there. That is whether it's the, the fumes escaping maybe, or it's I think oxygen it's just oxidation. interacting. Yeah, I, think it's I don't know oxygen. what it is. That's I just, I will tell you from the millions of bottles I've opened and drank through and my friends and everybody like something is is going on maybe yeah. not millions of bottles no i bet it's millions hundreds maybe. of thousands maybe <laughs> sorry we'll be very accurate here 176,842 bottles there you go whatever i, I just i find it hard and to believe 78,000 samplers <laughs> if you throw in samples it probably is a million i know you really think a million no, it's <laughs> like that's a damn lot of bourbon i can't even count to a million <laughs> Next time on Bourbon Barrel Talk, it'll be a week from today. We'll still be here trying things. To count to a million. One, two. So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what. It, it, do you want to throw in a, another plug for, for Justin's before we, we I want you to shut up, up so we can finish drinking this. Well, okay. Well, I'm trying to finish right now, dude. Jesus, Matt. God, can't take you anywhere. Is this how every episode ends? Pretty yeah. With Just Matt, it does. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so, I like it. So, well, good deal. So, uh, if, if you want to come see Travis, you can find him at Justin's House of Bourbon downtown. He'll be more than glad to uh, give you some of his knowledge of bourbon, and uh, he'll probably uh, give you some, uh, some awesome advice on what to try and pour and kind of eat and drink yep. and all that kind of good stuff while you're in Louisville. Look, we have all the rare bottles and we have very expensive stuff and and I know people don't necessarily like that. Um, but I think if you come in and see the shop and get to know us, you'll understand what we're doing. Uh, we love barrel picks. We try to have, you know, seven to 10 of them at a time. We do about a hundred a year. Uh, that's what we like to drink. Um, the bar, we have all kinds of vintage spirits from, you know, around prohibition to today. We do flights. Uh, we basically have everything that you could be looking for, um, and uh, regular retail to you know your rare items. But um, above all, we enjoy uh, drinking bourbon and talking bourbon. Uh, we bring the bourbon trail under one roof. I don't just know about Maker's Mark. I don't just know about Old, Old Forester. I I I like to learn as much as I can and share it with people. So 
that's kind of all of our employees. But Justin South Suburban, we're downtown Lexington, downtown Louisville. If you like bourbon, come by, say hi, have a drink. Let's have some fun. Good deal. And if you want to get in touch with uh, myself, Matt, or Josh at Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. You can hook us up or look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Matt, anything else? I think you hit everything. All right, man. Seriously, Bourbon Barrel Talk. talking so we can drink. Signing off. Peace out.